You are listening to African Perspectives with host Brother Oshi on Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasting or live program scheduling, hit them up at timeforanawakening at gmail.com. Yeah, man. 
listening to African Perspectives, where we view the issues of our day from an African worldview and African-centered perspective. This program is unapologetically African. It is a custom in the African tradition that asks elders for permission to speak, having been granted permission. To our ancestors, whose shoulders we stand on, to our elders, whose shadows we walk in, I greet you, my dear brothers and sisters. In the language of one of the greatest civilizations on this planet, it gave the world the basic disciplines of knowledge of science, math, architecture, music, writing, law, religion, you name it, we did it. The Greeks called it Egypt, but they called themselves Kemet, and Kemet means land of the blacks. I greet you all in the Kemetic language, the word of peace, Hotep. It is truly an honor and a privilege to pour libation because we truly do stand on the shoulders of those who came before us. We're going to use water because water has no enemies. Water is the great cleanser, the great purifier. Everything on the planet that lives, it needs water from a tiny microscopic organism to a tall redwood tree. We pour water into the earth to invoke the spirits of our ancestors, and we say the word ashe. It simply means, so be it. So we pour this libation to God. For all that God has done and for all that God will do. You say, Ashay? We pour this libation to Mother Africa, birthplace of all humanity. Everyone who has lived, everyone who will live in the future, we all have a common ancestral root in Africa. We pour this libation to the classical civilizations of Africa. I mentioned Kemet in the opening. Kemet was the height, the apex, the zenith of African high culture. But there were others as well, as Timeri, Punt, and Nubia. So we poured us libation to the classical civilizations of Africa. 
say Ashe, report its libation to the contemporary civilizations of Africa, of Ghana, Mali, Zangai, Benin, Great Zimbabwe, civilizations that were flourishing and growing while Europe was in a medieval or dark age. The University of Sankare at Timbuktu, an outstanding educational institution. So he poured us libation to the contemporary civilizations of Africa. We say, Ashe. We poured us libation to the Ma'afa, the holocaust of our enslavement, the Infakani, the great tragedy, uprooted out of Africa. Our brothers and sisters lay a carpet along the Atlantic Ocean. We're in North America, South America, Central America, and throughout the diaspora. So we poured us libation to our brothers and sisters who suffered the Ma'afa, the Infakani, the Holocaust of our enslavement, the great tragedy. We poured us libation in their honor and in their memory. We do not know their names, but because of them and their sacrifice, we are here. So we sashay. We poured us libation to those who fought against enslavement. If you ever heard me do a libation, you will know that we were not slaves. I repeat, we were not This call slaves. may be recorded or transcribed. What does a captive want to do? Get free. So we poured us libation to all those men and women who fought against enslavement. In fact, I maintain that some of us are more of a slave today than we were in our initial captivity because some of us are a slave to vice corruption, to drugs, sex, and violence. So we poured us libation to those who fought against enslavement. Gabriel Prosser, Nat Turner, Denmark Vesey, Harriet Tutman. We always resisted, and we will always resist. So we poured us libation in the name and the honor of those men and women who fought against our captivity. We poured us libation to those unborn, those young men and women who will once again lead us back on the stage of human history as a free and proud and productive people. We sashay. We poured us libation to brotherhood and sisterhood together for the union of family. We need each other. We don't have good family life. There's a saying, conditions shape conduct and consciousness. The conditions in our community are bad. The conduct towards each other is not good because why? We lack consciousness. And consciousness is more than just awareness. Consciousness is a deeper understanding of who you are historically, who you are culturally. So once we begin to understand the importance of brotherhood and sisterhood together for the union of family. Brothers and sisters, let us all say, Ashe. You are listening to Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts or live programming, hit them up at timeforanawakening.com. Good morning, African world. You are listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network, on timeforanawakening.com, and blacktalkradionetwork.com. And I am your host, Baba Oshi, Hotep family. Hope everything is well with you today. Hope you're going to have a good day today and that you'll get a chance to do all the things you want to do, should do, must do, can do, and will do. Hoping, to the weather will be accommodating for you to do it. But, of course, if it is not, and it has to get done because you know it has to get done, then you'll get it done because that's the kind of brother and sister that you is. 
You're listening to African Perspectives. We're here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., 10 to 12 Central, 9 to 11 Mountain, right to 10 Pacific, any other time around the world. But if you cannot listen to this program live, you can always go to our archives at Time for an Awakening. I don't even mention TuneIn. Don't even mention the fact that I mentioned that title, TuneIn. Don't even go there. Well, of course, as I said the other day, if you want to check out other records, records, other radio stations across the country, around the world, go to TuneIn. There's some, you know, one, maybe you want to get the LOB in uh, LOB in the Baltimore. You know, it's a good station. Anyway, go to Time for an Awakening, and at the top of the page you'll see podcast. Click on that. The drop down you'll see African Perspectives. Click on that, and there will be programs that are dated and titled. Also, too, you can use a shortcut. Just go to the search engine that you use. Put in babaoshi.net, B-A-B-A-O-S-H-I.net, babaoshi.net. And once again, there will be programs that are dated and titled. So, uh, tomorrow, Thursday, on Time for an Awakening, from 7 to 8, Black Liberation Movement, Mississippi on the Move, with Brother Patrick Lumumba of the Geronimo Pratt Gun Club. Then on Friday at 8 p.m., time for an awakening with Brother Elliot and Brother Richard. Saturday from 7 to 9, they send Kofa Elders Council for Dr. Janine. And then on Sunday at 7 p.m., once again, time for an awakening with Brother Elliot and Brother Richard. Number to call is 215-490-9832. Time for an awakening. I say. We Buy Black. We Buy Black, the largest online marketplace for American African-owned businesses is webuyblack.com. Get everything you need from American African-owned businesses, webuyblack.com. Check them out for your holidays, brothers and sisters. Check them out. Go online and check out We Buy Black. Might be something there that you want to send a gift to a, a, a loved one. So, once again, during these holidays, not just the, the um, fourth day of Kwanzaa, Ujamaa, but period. Make it a conscious effort on a daily basis, if you can, to support one another. Okay. Africa for the Africans, Brother Bomani Tahimba is ready to go back to the motherland. He's going to Azenia December 24th. He'll come back January 4th of 2024. The cost of the trip is 4600 to Azenia. Okay. And then my brother uh, will be going March 29th to April 9th, 2024, to Liberia and Morocco. Liberia and Morocco. July 11th to July 23rd, 2024, for 4,400, Ghana. November 21st to December 2nd, 2024, for 4,500, Kemet. December 24th to January 4th, the same dates as the trip upcoming to Azenia but 2025 and it's $200 more $4,800 to Azenia then of course it's 
Senegal, to Senegal and Gambia, April 1st to April 11, 2025. Brothers and sisters, go online, check out Africa for the African. Everything you need is there. If you want to see pictures of previous tours, go to YouTube. Don't go to YouTube if you want to see pictures. <laughs> go to Facebook.com forward slash Bomani if you want to see pictures. If you want to see videos, go to YouTube.com forward slash Bomani 2007. Africa for the Africans.org. Habesha. Habesha Incorporated. Habesha stands for helping Africans by establishing schools at home and abroad. Habesha Works Program. All the good things they do. They um, launched the Kashi Project last year. Not this past October, but last year, October. And uh, beautiful work that they're doing. Go to HabashaIncorporated.org. HabashaIncorporated.org. LEDGE, Land for the Environmental Development for Group Economics. The LEDGE Group, they deal in the four areas that are necessary and vital to human existence, which is food, water, clothing, and shelter. They have 12 projects in six different countries and over 170 employed and over 260 members. Brothers and sisters, become a member of the LEDGE Group. Abibiatumi, A-B-I-B-I-T-U-M-I, dot com. Brothers and sisters, Abibiatumi is, is dedicated to, to the complete and total liberation of African people and in the modern Kemet land, throughout the Kemetic land, African people worldwide from under domination of Eurasians and their anti-African, anti-collaborators. As such, Bibi Tumi seeks to reclaim and to recreate systems and tools designed by African people for African people, for the benefit of African people, and the interest in complete and total African liberation, self-preservation, and self-determination and survival in each and every where, in, in each and every area of human activity. Bibi Tumi bbatumi.com the Moses West Foundation yes my pharmacy's website is down still so I'm not going to say anything about my pharmacy brother Jabril but he's got a good program the Moses West Foundation of course and the work that they're doing to bring water and, and other things to to the sustainability, their, their mission of the Moses West Foundation is an innovative and global sustainability guided by the vision of Moses West that clean water is a fundamental human right. Damn it. Yes. Our mission is to leverage cutting-edge atmospheric water generation, atmospheric AWG technology to provide essential water access, foster community development, and promote environmental responsibility. Ashe. Wadada's Healthy Marketing Juice Bar located in the West End here in Atlanta. Wadada's Healthy Marketing Juice Bar right across the street from Soul Vegetarian, up the street from the Shrine of the Black Madonna. I wonder if the Shrine, I haven't seen anything about the Shrine having Kwanzaa. But hopefully, I know we're having Kwanzaa a lot out at uh, the new Black Wall Street Market, which I'm going to mention in a minute. But Wadada's Healthy Marketing Juice Bar. And on Saturday and Sunday, they have vegan dishes for sale. Oh, a whole array of stuff they have up there. Wadada's Healthy Marketing Juice Bar. The Medu Bookstore in the Greenbrier Mall. Con- contact Mama Nia. 
She has a fine selection of books, postcards, green cards, gift certificates, figurines, T-shirts, and so much more at the Green at the Medu Bookstore in the Greenbrier Mall. Give Mama Nia a call at 404-346-3263. The Black Dot Cultural Center and Bookstore and Coffee Bar in Lithonia, which is east of here. Jump on I-20 going east. Exit 74. Make a right. Excuse me. Make a left after the exit, and now you're going north in about a mile or so. On the left will be the Black Dot Cultural Center Bookstore and Coffee Bar, which serves delicious Cameroon Boyo. The phone number is 770-305-6373, 770-305-6373. Brothers and sisters, there is light in the Black Dot. My good brother, Katsinde Ajamu. Jump back in your ride, head back the opposite direction. Now you are going south. Make another left, and you're still going east. In the next exit, exit 75, Turner Hill Road, make a right, three lights, make another right, and on the left will be the new Black Wall Street Market. There are a lot of things that are happening for the holiday season, so please check them out. Go to the new Black Wall Street Market. Spend money with African people, family. Thank you. Us lifting us to economic development cooperative for our people in the spirit of Ujamaa. Us lifting us. Their Thursday night broadcast tomorrow night at nine from nine to ten on Blog Talk Radio. That's blogtalkradio.com forward slash U L U. Us lifting us. Uh, you can call to listen or give questions, comments, or concerns by dialing nine two nine four seven seven two seven eight nine. That's nine two nine four seven seven two seven eight nine. Us lifting us, the economic development cooperative for our people. The Homeland Village and Cultural Gift Shop, located in Macon, Georgia. Uh, Brother Obija, he's open from Tuesday through Sunday from 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. And he has African soap, holistic health and beauty products, oils and incense, CDs, DVDs, furniture, fashions, you name it, he has it. He even has a vegan restaurant on the premise. That's right. Brother Obija's got it going on. Give him a call at 478 Two five six one one six six. That's four seven eight. Two five six one one six six. Homeland Village and Cultural Gift Shop, Macon, Georgia. Sun Goddess Sense, your one-stop natural shop, located in forty-one forty Jonesboro Road, in Forest Park, Georgia, inside the International Discount Mall, booth two twenty-five. It's that it's that time of year, family. So please give Shelly Amonset a call at 404 Seven nine six three. That's four zero four four three four seven nine six three. Sun Goddess Sense, your one stop natural shop. Sanjay Dash Haiti, my sister Gabrielle really is doing great work in the northeastern portion of the island of Haiti with our beautiful children. Go online to see for yourself. Sanjay S O N J E Dash Haiti A Y I T I dot org. Sanjay Dash Haiti dot org. Baba Baruti and Mama Yah can't speak enough about the great work that they're doing uh, in education. And that's at the Occupant Institute. And if you want to donate upcoming, go to PayPal, yahbaruti.com. Yahbaruti.yahoo.com. Yahbaruti. And then the other is Cash App, dollar sign Yah, the letter M, Baruti. If you want to donate. Also, too, if you uh, want to 
buy some of the books that Bubba Broody, who's a prolific writer, go to akabinhouse.com. Akabinhouse.com. And we're reading from the Inya Sassim of Daily Revolutionary Thought by Baba Rudy. And uh, like I said, can't get enough of what this brother does and how he does it and what he does for us. <laughs> yes. December 12th. You can't integrate the European side into the African side. You only become schizophrenic. You got to integrate the old African side with his which is our heritage, and the new African side, which is our new reality, to produce a new African consciousness. Dr. Leonard Jeffries, Dr. J. You study and emphasize differences between people when they have expressive and consequential meanings, when they reflect and manifest real, tangible, effective forces between them, whether social, cultural, political, economic, familiar, educational, spiritual, military, emotional, or all of the above. At the civic level and cultural levels, Africans and Europeans are irreconcilably different in their assumptions about the creator, the universe, truth, and the purpose of life. This creates very distinct ways of how we look at, act on, and interpret each other and reality. Clearly, there is no great area of worth only one way can rule any given mind. For fused, they confused, they induce insanity. If we are to ever be sane again, wholly ruled by an African sanity evolved and gathered from the truth of our sojourn on this planet, we must come back into our own. Otherwise, the most we can expect is to remain senseless. I say, I straddle no fence nor wander around in any gray area. I say, I straddle no fence nor wander around in any gray area. I am African. December 13th. We can no longer allow them to undereducate, miseducate, and control the minds of our beautiful youth turning them into Negro puppets of poison who feast upon a filthy diet of their own self-hatred. That's a good one, ain't it? This sister, Robin Taylor Nixon. We could no longer allow them to undereducate, miseducate, and control the minds of our beautiful children, turning them into Negro puppets of poison who feast upon a filthy diet of their own self-hate. We must learn to distinguish friend from foe. While we know that any aggressor, any aggression against other conscious Africans is wrong, defending oneself, one's family, one's community, one's nation against confused Africans is not wrong. We got to do that. There is no difference here between non-conscious Africans and Europeans or others who act against African interests. And history makes our relations with Europeans abundantly clear. Although knowing more of the details of the magnitude of their genocidal efforts toward us can be useful, there really is nothing more we have to know. Toward them, 
their black watchdogs and any other non-Africans who have proven that they consider assaulting and exploiting us is an inalienable part of their constituted human rights. We cannot possibly be aggressors. Such people have already committed innumerable aggressions against innocent, warm-hearted, loving Africans without cause or justification. Consequently, our duty is to simply stop this onslaught and prevent its occurrence or its reoccurrence. Affirm, I distinguish between friend and foe. Affirm, I distinguish between friend and foe. Inya Sassim of Daily Revolutionary Thought. Inya Sassim of Daily Revolutionary Thought. Yeah, today we're going to talk about the Berlin Conference of 1884-85. Some of those individual Europeans and some of those countries. The Berlin Conference. I remember Dr. Arcana, Chichambore, Kwa, talking about how we need to really look at the Berlin Conference because what happened in 1884 85 to Africa is still happening. Still, probably most uh, the of Europeans who have colonized Africa and is still on the continent doing it is the French. But there are others are there as well. A lot of them haven't left. South Africa, the Dutch, and apartheid is still there. Germany and Namibia are still there. Some are trying to recolonize Africa as we speak. What makes this possible? How can this be done so easily? What I've said for many, many times on this program, the lack of unity. the lack of Africans doing away with the idea of 54 separate so-called sovereign, so-called sovereign countries is ridiculous. And that was drawn up. Those 54 countries, those boundaries were drawn up at the Berlin Conference. We need one Africa. I don't give a damn how you draw it up. Or you could keep the same damn lines. As long as Africans understand it is not about uh, Zimbabwe. It is not about Ghana. It is not about Nigeria. It is not about Cameroon. It is not about any individual country. It is about the continent of Africa. One Africa. One Africa. That's what it's about. And that one Africa is independent. That one Africa is self-determining. That one Africa is liberated 
that one Africa is sovereign. Nobody tell that one Africa about any damn thing or how to do anything or what it should be. None of that. None of it. We wouldn't be in this madness if we developed that. That's why the most important thing that Europeans have done in this divide and conquer mentality is to keep Africa separated, to keep Africa after one another, is to prevent Africa from ruling itself. Keep them divided. Berlin Conference was something else. I'm reading from uh, my good friend, Dr. Bruce Bridges' book, Capturing the African Mind. Haven't had him on in a while. Love to have him back on. And many of the brothers that uh, Dr. Bruce Bridges would bring on with him, you know, some very good brothers and sisters that, uh, you know, that we had on the program. So we're going to go go with the Berlin Conference from his book. Also, too, from um, uh, African history from online. I got some few things I'm, I may glean from there, but basically from uh, Dr. Bruce Bridges' book. Yeah, he's a good brother, man. I need to give him a call and set something up. So, yeah. Early missionary explorers, the merchants and colonial methods of control. Control to divide and rule could only be, as Bob Marley said, divide and rule could only tear us apart. That's the design keep you at one another to keep you from understanding what your strength is understanding how you could control everything within your sphere one of the one of the pioneer missionaries and explorers of Africa was David Livingston Dr. Livingston I presume Livingston was born in Scotland and spent almost 30 years of exploration in southern Africa he was sent there in 1840 by the London Missionary Society. This is part of Africa was almost totally unknown to Europeans. Like other missionary tools of Europe, Livingston took his mission very seriously. His mission was to stop the slave trade, yeah, right, and to explore places unknown to him. Livingston was married to the daughter of a missionary in, uh, in the territory of Zimbabwe by the name of Mary Moffat. Her father, Reverend J.S. Moffat, was instrumental in the theft of Zimbabwe. Livingston traveled back and forth from Africa to England and became the British consulate and commander of an expedition to explore Eastern and Central Africa. As a political representation of, the, of Britain and a missionary, Livingston was an excellent person to further the mercantile interests of the crown. 
Catholic and Protestant organizations sent more expeditions to East Africa and Central Africa after recognizing the influences of Livingston's writings. The response by both Catholic and Protestant organizations was tremendous. Even Romanticism was used to explain the deaths of many of the missionaries, although they often died of fever, drowning, or at the hands of indigenous populations. Death was considered heroic deeds and marvelous tragedies by the great Christian men of God. There were two effects that this romanticism engendered in the European mind. One was that Africa was indeed a dark and dangerous, savage country that needed European civilization. The other was that these missionary explorers and traders were of startling quality and character. Sterling quality and character. This reasoning garnered from the reading of Livingston's writings guaranteed to European Christian societies that the missionaries were blessed by God. That's one thing that was happening here that in Europe they were lying about what was happening. They thought that there were some Europeans who thought that uh, the indigenous people in the Caribbean, the indigenous people uh, in North America and what became North America and what became South America were welcoming people. And, and the Europeans were just great people who came to share. And, and of course, what the Europeans had was so, so much better, you know, <laughs> so much better that they were welcome with open arms, you know, because they were so much better. Yeah. The role of European missionary groups was also important in extension of European imperialism to Africa. During the 19th century, the 1800s, there were several of these operating on the continent. Below was a list of all these things that were operating on the continent, like the Methodist Missionary Society, the Church Missionary Alliance, Church Missionary Society, American Presbyterian Church, Catholic Missionary Societies, White Fathers, Catholic Ghost Mother. Once the various missionary societies gained total influence upon the minds of Africans, they would wrap themselves into Christian culture on all levels. This would occur even in the situations when it appeared that Africans were thinking and acting independently. Brother Walter Rodney, the Guyanese author, whose book, How Europe Underdeveloped Africa. He states, at the social and cultural level, there are many features which aid in keeping undeveloped countries integrated into the capitalist system and at the same time hanging on to the apron strings of the metropoles. The Christian church has always been a major instrument for cultural penetration and cultural domination in spite of the fact that in many instances, Africans sought to set up independent churches. Equally important has been the role of education in introducing Africans to serving the capitalist system and to subscribe to its values. Recently, the imperialistic the imperialists have been using new universities in Africa to keep themselves entrenched at the highest academic levels. It's a whole thing. The church, all the society. That's why, brothers and sisters, I know our people are Christian. And I've been, I even been to church in Africa. You know, one of the first things when I went there back in the 90s, seeing all the billboards and bumper stickers and all this other stuff promoting 
and pictures of white Jesus. Brothers and sisters, I don't give a damn what y'all say here or anywhere else. That religion is not African. Christianity is not historic. It's not. <laughs> Calm down, Brother Hirsch. <laughs> the Berlin Conference, after well or more than 400 years of contact with Africa, claims were laid during the second half of the 19th century in the 1800s by Europeans. The explorers had many. There were many. Richard Burton, Grant, Spike, Mongo Park, David Livingston, and Stanley had studied the geography of, of the continent. These explorers had greatly increased the knowledge of Europe or the interior of, of Africa. Spike and Burton had explored the east. David Livingston had explored uh, <coughs> excuse me. These adventures were supported by European business communities and Christian missions. Moreover, governments of Europe began sending official representatives to Africa to, exp to expand trade routes. An association was formed by Leopold of Belgium called the Berlin Conference. The Berlin Conference. On November 15th of 1884, the Belgian monarch laid claim to the Congo region of Africa. Otto von Bismarck and Kaiser Wilhelm opened the meeting in the name of Almighty God. There were 14 states of Europe and, and the United States in attendance. Historically, the United States claimed that she had nothing to do with the Berlin Conference and Africa's partitioning. Dr. Ben, Dr. Joseph Benjakana calls this the master lie of them all. There were three men representing the U.S. at the Berlin Conference. And they were John Kaysen, an American minister to Germany who served in the Iowa legislature and the House of Representatives. Kaysen had knowledge of the potential wealth of the Congo. He also desired to have a large numbers of missionaries in the Congo for conversion purposes. Henry Sheldon Sanford, former American minister to Belgium and the active sympathizer to King Leopold and his schemes. In 1886, Sanford Exploring Expedition was established. This expedition was given the first ivory trade concessions in the Congo region. And Henry Morton Stanley, a member of the Confederate Army and later the United States Navy, Stanley came to America from Wales on a ship to New Orleans at the time of the Berlin Conference. He regarded himself as an American citizen and was financed by the United States. The same nations involved in robbing Africa of its human resources were about to embark upon other means of raiding Africa. Leopold, a devout Catholic, took the largest and richest territory. While all of this was taking place, there was no African nations represented. They didn't ask you to come. They didn't invite you. Just like all the other things that Europeans have done. They didn't ask for permission. They didn't ask it. No, they just did whatever the hell they wanted to do and how they wanted to do it. At the beginning of the conference, approximately 80% of Africa was under traditional rule. 
European gangsters proceeded to draw a boundary line. These lines were sometimes erased and redrawn. Hinterlands were dis- disputed, African families were separated, and ethnic distinctions were totally ignored. Greedy European powers argued over territories and rivers, trade routes along the Niger and the Congo rivers. To no less degree, there was conflict over African rubber, ivory, particularly palm oil, which was becoming increasingly important to Western industrial development. A new form of captivity called colonialism was being established. With the onslaught of colonialism came further destruction of the African mind. Even with the independence of nations, mind destructions continued. Brother Kwame Nkrumah termed it neo or new colonialism. Neo. The word, the word colon, the word colon is the root word of colony. In the human body, natural creation. The word colon, colon is the extension of the large intestines. Similarly, the colony, African nation, is an extension of an imperialistic European nation. The mentality found in the African colony is also the same as in the, Af- the European nation. Thus, the mindset of Europe is placed in the heads of indigenous people throughout that European colonization. While each of the colonizing European nations had its own methods of control and administration over Africans, according to Albert Minnie, in The Colonizer and the Colonized on page 149, colonialism is, above all, economic and political exploitation. Perhaps the biggest disturbance caused to the African's social life by colonial rule came from the growth of missionary activities. That's right, the church. Many missions had established their first footholds in Africa before the partition of the continent. Of course. That's what made it easier. Under colonial rule, they were encouraged by by governments and found great opportunity to extend their own initiatives. Yeah. Cecil Rhodes. (laughs) A good example of how missionaries served as agents of colonial rule and expansion can be seen in the colonization of Zimbabwe, once called Rhodesia after the colonizer Cecil Rhodes. Zimbabwe is located in southern Africa. Cecil Rhodes was born October, July 5th, 1853, and he died in 1902, March 26, 1902, and was buried at the World View in the hills of Zimbabwe. He's buried there. They ought to dig his ass up and throw his ass in the ocean. If his ass is still buried there, they ought to dig his ass up. No, they'll dig his ass up, put him on a helicopter or a plane, and drop his ass in in uh, London. Yeah. He was the son of a vice lord in Hertfordshire, England. Although never considered a brilliant student, he was said to have had a hard worker who loved history and geography. The Reverend Rose wanted Cecil to enter the ministry but he was not inclined in that direction. Cecil, now who gives a f- Rose, like other European explorers and travelers to Africa, was filled with an avid interest in the continent. He was well as other Europeans of the same possession of a Eurocentric worldview. 
in the late 18 and 19th centuries in Britain, there was a, a wave of Eurocentric Christian even evangelism. The intent of this evangelism was to convert the world, the earth's heathen people. The white supremacist mentality arose to develop further when he saw blacks working under whites in the colony. This mentality had been evolving since the days, early days, and continues to this day. And continues to this day. And continues in the years of the Oxford University. Rhodes' mind began accepting works such as Charles Darwin of the uh, Origin of Species. This work was an extension of Rhodes' early education about the supremacy of England and its annexations around the world. Darwin used the doctrine of natural selection and the law of selection and the concept of survival of the fittest as justification for the destruction of African people. Darwin's theory was representative of the mental environment of all England during the time of Cecil Rhodes. As Rhodes vicariously read every book he could acquire on the history of Africa, yeah, this cat, man, was something else, family. This dude was... I seen a documentary on Cecil Rhodes on PBS about 30, no, shit, about 40-some years ago. You know, uh, that angered the hell out of me. I think that's... I mean, I knew Cecil Rhodes, and I knew that it was the Rhodes Scholarship, and I knew that we shouldn't uh, accept the scholarship in the name of Cecil Rhodes there was one brother who was from uh, Florida State. He was a defensive back at Florida State. Brilliant young brother who accepted a scholarship, a Rhodes scholarship to study neurosurgery. He's a neurosurgeon at this time. He only played a few years in the NFL, you know, and uh, he's a neurosurgeon. Can't remember the brother's name. But when that happened, my mindset was like accepting a scholarship in the name of Cecil Rhodes especially us accepting a scholarship in the name of Cecil Rhodes is tantamount to a European Jew accepting a scholarship in the name of Adolf Hitler they wouldn't do it we shouldn't do it. In fact, what should happen, just like the European Jews, they would believe that the, 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 the money developed, the scholarship came from them. It was stolen by the Nazis. It was stolen by Hitler. It is theirs. And not that they should give it out, but we should take it back. The same thing. We should take that, that money is ours. That scholarship is ours. Take it away from Cecil Rhodes. Hmm. Yeah. That's what we should do. So. There's a destiny now possible to us. The highest. This is Cecil Rhodes once again. As Rhodes vicariously read uh, every book that he could, could could get, you know, this Anglo 
Anglo-centric background and Anglo-centric reading was for Rhodes, a tremendous inspiration when he fell under the influence of John Ruskin at uh, Oscar University. Ruskin, a lecturer at the university, directed Rhodes towards a purpose in life and in, in actuality. One of the many lectures that Ruskin's provided a base for the already developing imperial mentality of the student, Rhodes. In that particular lecture, the superior thinking of Ruskin and, and of England in general enumerates, moreover, Ruskin understood the involvement of England in commercial competition and used his classroom lectures to inspire Oxford to students to work for England. He states, I don't want to read that. I don't want to read that. After Rhodes formed the De Beers Diamond Mines, the De Beers Company and Consolidated Goldfields, he planned to expand British colonialism into the country's north, the river. The Matabele King, Lobengula, that's, that's when I uh, was checking that out, when how he was dealing with the Matabele and uh, Chief Lobengula and been contending with the Portuguese, the Dutch, and the Germans for what was considered its rich territory. You know, Zimbabwe is very rich, but Central Africa is rich. The Congo is rich. I, I, if you're hip to Pangaea, and you know that Pangaea was the lad was the humongous landmass on this planet of the one huge landmass that began to break up. There were no humans. No human beings were on, on earth when they had the one huge land mass. Then there was a breakup over millennials, many millennials, many. And when you look at that map, you can see where continents fit in. Africa is the middle. Africa is the continental foundation. All the others began to break away. That's why Africa is rich in mineral resources more than any other place on the planet. It, the evolution of Africa evolving first in terms of development involving first in terms of human development and animal development that's why Africa is the richest continent on earth so Rhodes hastily sent for Reverend J.S. Moffat his further missionary to King Lobengula to secure peace with the British and to get the king to this from selling any territory or signing any treaties with any other foreign state. Moffat, who was the brother-in-law of missionary David Livingston, lived and worked and had befriended Lobengula and, and was a, count, a counter to the Dutch. Moffat struggled in conversation with the king since he was trying to get an agreement during the f festival season of the great dances of Zimbabwe. See, it was not the time. 
But they eventually secured it and secured the treaty. But also realized that something had to be done to gain further footing for his imperial scheme to work. Hastily, Rose sent his old friend and business partner, Charles Rudd, another, uh, an, an attorney, Rockford McGuire, and Frank Thomas, who was very skilled at speaking Matabele language. He was very skilled at speaking the, the Matabele language, Matabele language. These three were to obtain concessions from Lobangila and all minerals in their territory. Assisting in the scheme to gain control of the mines was the Reverend C.D. Helm, who, as a resident missionary, exerted a strong spiritual influence over Lobangula. Helm, as a double agent, posed as a friend to the king. Well, in actuality, he was an agent of imperialism. By making false promises of fictitious benefits, the right Reverend, <laughs> the right Reverend missionary Helm actually persuaded the king to sign the Rudd Concession of 1888. The Reverend C.D. Rudd, in addition to being friend and business partner, was also an employee of Cecil Rhodes. The concession was written in English using legal jargon which overwhelmed Lobangula. It was a ploy for the purpose of colonizing the land of Zimbabwe. The other missionaries, John J. Moffat, a professor friend of Lobangula, rejoiced Two days after the signing, he wrote, "Has a military power, it will be a blessing to the world when the Matabili are broken. I am sure that their days are numbered. Such was the lies, deceit, and chicanery and double-dealing tactics that were used by Rose and his gang to secure Zimbabwe. Through, through the road, schemes and help them, missionaries and other gang members, he was able to leave large sums of money for white students to study at Oxford. This tremendous endowment, commonly known as the Rhodes Scholarship and revered by many of us, was made possible by Rhodes' theft of Zimbabwe's resources. There were several factors which made it possible for Africa to be divided into political and economic colonies of Europe. But the role of the missionaries cannot be overemphasized. In every case, there was missionaries involved. Large capitalists of Europe understood that to control raw materials, markets, finance, and other opportunities in Africa, they must be a scramble for the minds of its people. How Britain, I'm going to read that when I come back from the break, how Britain ruled, how Britain maintained its control. So we're going to talk about these other organizations and and peoples, you know, how they gain control. And I, I'm reading this, and even though this happened, you know, 1884-85, and hundreds of years prior, my emphasis is that it is still happening today. That's the damn problem. It is still happening today. So, we're going to take a break, family. When we come back from the break, um, we'll open the phone lines up. And 
can uh, give your questions, comments, or concerns as it relates to the Berlin Conference and what Europeans have done. Or you can uh, or you can uh, talk about what you might want to talk about, okay? <laughs> okay. All right, family. You're listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network on timeforanawakening.com and blacktalkradionetwork.com. We'll be right back. You stay with us. You are listening to African Perspectives with host Brother Oshie on Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasting or live program scheduling, hit them up at timeforanawakening at gmail.com.
You are listening to Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts or live programming, hit them up at timeforanawakening.com. Welcome back, brothers and sisters. Once again, you're listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network on timeforanawakening.com and blacktalkradionetwork.com. Ivory Flow, Bobby Lyle. The cut is called Hello, Maceo. Featuring Marcus Miller, Gerald Albright, Kurt Walheim, and Najee. Hello, Maceo. And of course, we know Maceo. James Brown, Maceo. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, let's get back to, we're going to talk about this. I'm going to get to these callers. Um, these, just a little synopsis of what the countries who colonized Africa how they ruled, how they controlled. Britain, of course, uh, indirect rule. Britain initially ruled by arbitrarily appointing governors and administrative staff. In doing so, the British governor was the mind controlling Africans under the British crown. The governor was, in effect, the head or the mind over the body and in the colonizing countries. Hence, there was no need to pay attention to existing tribal chiefs, customs, or traditions. That's all gone. You, this, this is Britain. The standard indirect rule became the policy of the British administration. While traditionally laws were applied when it was convenient to do so, ultimately law was the law of the land and handed down to Africans by the British colony. Indirect rule sounded like local autonomy or self-determination, but this was a superficial at best. You know? So, that's how they ruled. British. The French, the French, they controlled through assimilation. The doctrine of the French toward its African colonies was assimilation. The French believed that civilization should be shared by every single person living under French rule. There was a disastrous of creating a overseas French in all of their colonies. The goal or the desires that was so desirous that they created the French. The goal was to totally to bring French to bring Africa under French life. The primary move of the new colonies must be European culture driven by French energy, becoming extremely becoming through example, through per, persistence and through the appreciation of a new achievement, the soul of Africa. The aim of the French in their colonies was to create a French speaking African articulated elite. These Africans would be totally immersed in French culture. Their bodies would be appear African, but their minds would be French. Training would be take place in the French universities, and they would become familiar with French policies. After receiving a French education, one might possibly become assimilated, who could become assimilated into French culture. Along with this assimilation came alienation. These French Africans became Wearers of French clothes adhere to all the values of France. Their thinking, due to a policy of assimilation, became corrupt and less African. The African French elite would be then become leaders of their countries and would consistently articulate French culture, politics, and values throughout their nations. Here's what happened to Guadeloupe, the island of Guadeloupe, in a personal account. While visiting the small Caribbean island of Guadeloupe, which was colonized by the French. 
I had a discussion with an African cab driver at the airport. We were discussing his vacation time, and I proceeded to inquire about where he might want to travel. He said his plans is to travel to France. The cab driver spoke French language. He was trained in French history, literature, music, and alike. Moreover, he enjoyed French wine, clothing, and food, and owned a French poodle. <laughs> For all practical purposes, he was a Frenchman. My question to him was, have you ever thought about going to Africa? The precise answer by the cab driver was that Africa was too far. An examination of the world map will reveal, contrary to the cab driver's assumption, France is actually further away from Guadeloupe than Africa. The problem, of course, is that the minds of many Africans, Africans have been placed so far away that they think it's impossible to reach. It was also clear while socializing in Guadeloupe that many French colonizers had married into African families so that they, so the control could still be in the hands of the French. French colonial empire extended from Senegal eastward to Chad and south to Congo. In France, all roads lead to Paris, and in Africa and in the islands, all roads lead to France. French institutions and French culture were the order of the day. In Belgium, the control was paternalistic, paternalism. The best description of the relationship between the Congo and its colonizers, the Belgians, ugh, is paternalism. In a term from the Latin pater, which means father. The word paternalism manifests the arrogance of the, of the Belgians whose leader was Leopold, a devout Catholic. Words in the Catholic vocabulary like pope, which means papa or papo, which also means papa, mother, superior, and father. All words that suggest positions of the Catholics, not only in relationship to each other, but even more so in relationship to the African converts. Consequently, the paternalistic manner in which Belgians related to Africans in the Congo was influenced by, that, by the Catholic religion. Unlike the French, Belgians had no plans to making Belgian Africans. Instead, they wanted to tutor them into the ways of the West as if fathers, as, as fathers reared their children. During colonialism, Rupert Kipling, <laughs> Rupert Kipling, <laughs> the idea of the white man's burden was manifest in the Belgian Congo in its pursuit of form. The Belgians, like other European counterparts, believed that civilization should be brought to areas of darkness. Of course, Belgian and other colonizers cloaked civilization with Christianity. Underlying the destruction of the African mind in the Congo was the acquisition of natural resources of the area. In the 1940s, the Belgians established a research institute to study the minerals of the Congo. The Belgian Congo is rich in plant and mineral wealth. It produces diamonds, cobalt, copper, uranium, and rubber. Belgian, as well as other European colonizers, was seeking wealth to uplift the poor economies of Europe. The, the colonial power structure in the Belgian Congo can uh, um, be agonized to the, to the Trinity. The Trinity would be described as the administration, the church, and the large company. That's the Trinity. The administration, the church, and the large company. 
Each component had a tremendous impact on the Congo region. The Belgian administration was committed to evangelization as part of its success in the Congo. Its philosophy was that the government servants do not work alone in the task of civilizing and civilization. The religious orders also participate in equal measure. If a person worked in a civil service capacity, that individual was strictly obligated to the aid the Christian missionaries. Africans began to question the Christian missionaries. They could not easily see the good that had come with Catholicism. Questions were asked such as, what good have they brought us? They have given us a road that we do not need, a road that brings more and more foreigners, causing trouble, making our women unclean, forcing us into new ways of life that is not ours, planting crops that we do not want, doing slave work. The white man sends us missionaries to destroy our belief and to teach our children to recite fine-sounding words that we believe that we don't believe anyway. We live according to our own beliefs, which is more than the white man does. Yeah. That's the Belgians. The Portuguese control, how they control the Portuguese exploitation. The The similarities between the colonial policies of the Portuguese and the Belgians are striking. As in the Congo, Catholic missionaries had favored status over Protestant missionaries in Angola and Mozambique since Angola and Mozambique were colonized by Portuguese, most of whom were Catholic. There was a colonial philosophy which embedded the Colonial Act of 1930. Special provisions were made for activities of the, co- of the Catholic missionaries in Angola and Mozambique. The Portuguese constitution recognized the role of the church and according to Duffy, you Christianize and educate to nationalize and civilize. <laughs> yeah. Portuguese colonial policies required harmony between church and state in the colonies. Working together, the church and the state succeeded in Christianizing and converting Africans into Portuguese. Nowhere in is the relationship between the Vatican and the government more important than in the educational system of Angola and Mozambique. In Angola, Portuguese policy provided for two educational systems, one for Africa and one for Europeans, or mulattoes and assimilators. Moreover, the European system was designated by the Portuguese as the official system. In Angola, a Portuguese colony where there were two categories of citizenship, one was either an assimilator or an indigenous. The word assimilator comes from the assimilated. And to obtain this position in Angola, an African had to speak fluent Portuguese, attend Portuguese schools, and be 18 years of age. In order to acquire this position, Africans were required to submit application with a non-refundable <laughs> with a non-refundable fee. You were ejected, but you don't get your feedback. Get out of you can't be Portuguese. The Portuguese official visit the home of the applicant to determine if the applicant had a Portuguese or civilized way of life. Such things has culinary being used cutlery excuse me such things as cutlery being used and wearing shoes were examined moreover to acquire a simulator position one another invertible was required to be catholic <laughs> man these crackers are something else the dutch policies in azenia apartheid 
When the Dutch invaded Azania, it was to find a route to seek goods directly from Asia. And, and, uh, and from Asia, as Spain and Portugal had done before. In spite of the conflicts with the Spanish and the Portuguese, the Dutch were successful in organizing the Dutch East Indian Company of 1602. The beginning of the European presence in South Africa took place in 1652 when the Dutch dropped anchor at Table Bay. The Dutch and their descendants were called Boers, which means farmers. As a frontier, farmers of the Trek Boers moved eastward and westward and rested the land and control of the land. They began to believe that this was indeed theirs. Like the old wagon trains in the American West stories, the Boers moved similarly with large families and stole cattle and homes from Africans. These Dutch invaders from Holland were following were followers of John Calvin, the most famous 16th century Protestant leader since Martin Luther. Calvin, a Frenchman who studied theology and law in Paris, had a conversion and abandoned Catholicism to Protestantism. His influence in the field of systematic theology spread from Geneva, Switzerland, through the whole of Europe. With the invasion of the Dutch, John Calvin's theology began taking shape in the minds. John Calvin's theology began taking shape in the minds of whites in South Africa. Afrikaners, as the Dutch called themselves, believed that they were chosen people of the Old Testament, wandering in the wilderness of South Africa in search of the promised land. Even in established areas, the invaders developed attitudes that became the apartheid philosophy. Apartheid is a word derived from apart or separate and from the Dutch hide, apartheid, which means state or condition of. Therefore, apartheid means state or condition of remaining separate. Theoretically, apartheid means more than separation. As a policy, it also entails political and economic exploitation. The driving forces behind the racist legislation that held apartheid regime together uh, is immigrants from the Netherlands. In the 1950s, a minister of Native Affairs in South Africa, he was responsible for the induction, introduction of several bills which sanctioned separation and segregation already being practiced. He was responsible for the creation of Bantu stands or Bantu states where Africans were forced to live. After 1948, successive governments passed a series of apartheid laws. These laws were instituted and controlled all aspects of Southern African life. The mindset that developed the apartheid regime was one that saw Africans as drawers of water and hewers of wood and totally inferior to Europeans. These laws resulted in Africa being developed, believed that they were inferior to Dutch settlers and in other parts of the world where European mentality prevails, the apartheid policy was aimed at the continuation of white supremacy and the exploitation of labor and natural resources of Africa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Give us a call at 215-490-9832, 215-490-9832. You can comment on the Berlin Conference. And the reason why I, I read that I thought of Sister Arkina, Dr. Arkina, Chichambori, Cha, and the work that she's doing, and who emphasized many times about the 
um, Berlin Conference and how that still needs to be dealt with. Um, let me say this. When I think of reparations, I don't think of getting a check. I don't think of of, of the government uh, making my life a little bit better because I got some money now I can buy a bigger house, afford a better car. When I think of reparations, I think of the root word of reparations, repair. I think of this as something to repair African people on the continent of Africa. I think that we as African people go after the, the European governments, as I just read to you about France, Belgium, England, the Dutch, the Netherlands, all of them were involved. Italy, Germany, they were all involved. Some still involved. United States, for what they have done. The Caribbean, for the European countries that were in control of the Caribbean, uh, which brought our people there in the multitudes. Central America, South America, the Brazil. Let me say this, family. There, there is no magic. There is no mess. There's none of that shit. We have to open our mind, open our hearts to each other, and get busy doing the work. We have to come together, close ranks, pull our resources, and get busy doing the work on the continent specifically. They are still there. They are still benefiting. Those European countries still benefit. Europe had no resource. Europe was in its medieval and, and, and dark ages was land poor. Resource poor. People poor. They came out of those dark ages with a mindset that we may war amongst ourselves, but we're going to come together on those who are outside of us. That began the exploration and they begin to go around the world claiming everybody's stuff in the name of. They didn't come to barter. They didn't come to trade. They didn't come. They, they just came and took your shit and didn't give a damn how you felt about it. Because one thing that they had developed in that awakening period was superior weaponry. And as I've always said, one thing about the Europeans, they always found a better way to kill your ass. From rocks and sticks and clubs to spears and catapults to guns and explosives to atomic weapons, atomic bombs. They always found a better way. And and so even though that is a reality, we got to push on. 
we got to come together. We got to make the demands. We got to take their ass to a court that we develop, even if it ain't Geneva, that court, even though supposedly the world recognizes that court. And if that's the case, let's go there and stake our claim. Let's go there. If not, let's create a court ourselves because we got the resources. You want to deal with us? Come to court and settle your and let's settle these claims. Come to court. Now you want something from us? You want this, that, or the other? You pay fair market value. Also, too, no longer will we send shit out and then have it developed and then get it and then pay for it to get it back. No. We're going to develop it ourselves. We're going to develop it ourselves. I know I may not see these days. Only thing that I want before I do expire is I see it happening. I see it coming together. I don't see the total culmination, but I see it coming together. I don't see the end game, you know, which to me is sovereignty. That's the end game. That's the f- that's what happens when you start to develop independence. That's what happens when you decide, decide to be self-determining. That's what happens when you truly be liberated. Now you can be sovereign. And nobody outside of you can tell you a damn thing about what you can do. Nobody. It is on you. Let me open up the phone lines. uh, For those in the queue, we have a number of you. Hit star twice if you want to speak. Hit star twice or dial 215-490-9832. 215-490-9832. You're listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network on TyphoneAwakening.com and BlackTalkRadioNetwork.com. Jay, Jay. Hey, Jay, how you doing? I'm all right. Let me just ask you a quick question. Sure. Who's more diabolical on the planet than the white man? Well, considering the length of time that he's been doing the dirt that he's been doing, I, I can't, I can't speak to any other uh, cultural group that is more diabolical, that is more selfish and more greedy than Europeans. I can't speak of any other. He would what he would be what you would call a superior MF. Wouldn't you say that? If you want to use that term, yeah. yeah. So if that's the case, and he's the head whipper and he's the man in charge, what makes you think he ever go give your black ass reparations? I'm not asking. Let me say it this way, Jay. I don't think that uh, his position. Uh, is eternal. I think his position, just like every other thing, as you look at history, you know, the, the thing about history, there's been rises and there's been falls, you know, and, and his position is not eternal. His position of dominance and control, especially the way you, the way he's done it, because I don't believe that you can be dogmatic and evil and, and, and be eternal. I think that if you were uh, 
just and righteous and sincere and dedicated and committed into giving out treatment, fair treatment, you know, I think you have a, a better chance of, of lasting in that position on the planet than those who are evil-minded with evil intent and, and murderous. I don't think that you can last forever, you know? I think the cracker done broke the mold, man. I, I, I think that he's done set this thing up to whereas if he can't control it, nobody will. I, I mean, that's, that's, I understand that's that. the way I see it. Yeah. I, I, I believe that he will, if he thought he was losing control He'd of blow it, it up, huh? he yeah. would drop the ball. Yeah, he would yeah, blow it up. I mean, you could see it in his movies. Yeah. You could see it in his, yeah. the way that he presents himself and all this. Yeah. I don't think he could live with having to be second second fiddle. Now, there was another question I wanted to ask you. I think I may have asked you this a, a week or so ago. Who is the largest employer of the Negro in the United States? The government. Okay, so now... On a local... Let me ask on a this. local... Uh, uh, regional, state, and federal level, the government employs more. So now those. let me ask you this question. Mm -hmm. If the government said that we're going to get rid of our Negroes, we're not going to hire no more Negroes, it's just a wrap for the Negroes. In all sincerity and honesty, what would the Negro do? Well, let me say it to you once again this way. I'm more idealistic. I believe that if confronted with that situation, you know, I believe that us as African people in our right minds, not be tripping, not be whining, not be crying, not be begging, but they said, you know what? Fine. We've been, we've been needing to do this for millenniums. We're going to close rank. We're going to develop things for ourselves now i you know i don't advocate like you know like the republic of new africa you know we want five states in the south why not florida how about 60 well louis louis and the boys were the first ones to come up with that farrakhan and them were the first ones i think to come up with that not new africa no no it was the republic of new africa the, the nation of islam didn't come up with the idea of five states in the South. Didn't Elijah yeah. Muhammad ask the cracker for five states to to be given to them so that they could build and develop before I, New Africa? You know what? I'll, I have to research it. I have to research it. Yeah, because I, I, I'm not sure. I, I, I'm not sure, but I think the nation is older than New Africa is. I think. I'm not oh, sure. yeah. Oh, yeah. The, oh, definitely, so oh, the definitely, nation, definitely the nation of Islam is older as an organization than the Republic of New Africa. There's no doubt yeah, about then, that. Yeah, then the nation asked them, because I remember back in the day, Elijah Muhammad mm -hmm. putting that forward, even Malcolm putting that forward. So, yeah, so so that that would be the nation. But, you know, I was just saying, I was just saying that because I was having a discussion with a couple of other brothers. You know, we were sitting up in... Um, a restaurant just pontificating the BS, shooting the breeze, having having fun, you know. And and we were saying that you know we at the point to where as you know we're pretty independent. We don't really 
need to crack up. You know what I mean? We, we, we've been smart enough with our assets to su- secure them so that, you know, um, if things go a certain way, we'll be all right. But we were also saying that if he did decide to do something like that, how would our families take care of themselves? Mm-hmm. How would they be able to sustain themselves? Would that make it to where as we decide to come together and do collective economics, would that make us come together on the level of working with one another like we did back in the day before integration destroyed us and took us on another level? Um, You know, would the church then become a central place of upliftment? Because now, as far as I'm concerned, it's a joke. I was listening to that Negro, um, Jamal Bryant, he was talking about in five years, the church went from a debt of $32 million down to $13 million. Um, You know what I mean? So I, I, I'm just so, interested. So what, wait a minute. What is, so what he's saying, so the church has decreased its debt? Yeah, from 30, and I think it was three I think it was five years, who was the, maybe. Who was the from? Who was that church indebted to? Um, I don't know. He didn't say it was indebted to, but I guess it could it have been indebted to whatever endeavors they was in, maybe. I mean, you know, because um, I mean, buying land church, and all church, that. I, you don't know what these tax churches, free. bro. Right? You, I got you. I understand because yeah. you know, churches yeah. are you know tax free entities, which of course right. I, I don't believe they should be. I believe church, churches and bridges should be uh, taxed. When you look at uh, particularly some of the big churches, uh, you know, Creflo Dollar is included in that. Uh, 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 T.D. Jakes is included in that. Some of the Negroes. Master, I mean, master these, pork chop chicken eaters. Yeah. You know, you know the, cream again, the, the cream get, of the pork chop chicken eating crowd. Yeah. You know, they, they, they should be taxed. You know, but of course, I, I, I don't. I, I, I've never, to be honest with you, gave it any thought because I ain't trying to go in there to find out. But I, I, I you know, I mean, I would assume that that is. I, I mean, it's like the upper echelons of any religious organization. I think they feed off of the members. I mean, the upper echelon lives extremely well. And then the everyday practitioners, they basically get by. And I don't know if there's really any services. I remember the time <laughs> I heard this Negro going off on the church talking about how his mother, who's been a member for 30, for 30, 40 years, was behind on her um, times when she died. And the pork chop chicken eater told him that he wasn't, she wasn't going to be able to have a burial at the church. He told the pork chop chicken eater, I'll burn this MF down if my mother's not um, laid to rest in this church after she done spent all these years giving all that she had, raised these children, taught these members. And you gonna tell me because she behind on her tides, she's not gonna be able to have service. I'll burn this MF down. 
Hey, hey. And matter of fact, it got so crazy, he grabbed the pork chop chicken eater by his collar. <laughs> I was like, whoa, whoa. And, and, and sure enough, they had a service. The preacher didn't preach it. He didn't preach it, but they had a service there. But <laughs> but I've heard that numerous of times yeah, when people were thing. in bad that's, standing. See, that's, I that, think that's yeah. despicable. Well, the bottom you know? line is is that it's 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 an institution, and it's an organization that makes money. What does it really do for our people? Not a damn thing, you know. No, basically, because because I know my grandmother's church, man. Um, they've been, and it's a it, matter of fact that where they're at is a pretty hot spot as far as um, you know, they would like to. I know developers would like to get a hold of it, but they got landmark status. So whereby the church is going to be there for the rest of time, it's not going to be able to be torn down or anything like that. And from my understanding, I ain't been there in years. I don't even think they got 50 members in the church no more. Well, you know, and, and that's the thing, you know, you, you must continue to see converts to, to continue to build and to accumulate over a period of time, you know. Well, you know, with my with my preaching skills, I, can I get a witness? Ha. Wow. Stand up and let me deliver. Ha. You know, I could build the church pretty quick. You know what I mean? I, 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 I mean, I, I'll get up there in the middle of the pulpit and talk about, ha, we got to start bringing in souls. Ha, we got to start... Choking You know, I mean, yeah, you know, I can recruit. You know, I can get it. I can get it all the profit for. But you know, I was, I was just saying, you know, I think we're getting to the point. Oh, honestly, uh-huh. that the conditions in this country gonna make us come together. I think. I think within the next two years. You're going to see a insurgence of black unity. I, I, I think it's just the conditions are going to gonna be so crazy. And I think a lot of people are waking up to the hypocrisy of America and the arrogance of America based alone on what they're allowing Israel to do to these Palestinians. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I, I think, you know, a lot of young people are looking at this shit and like, whoa. Because, you know, once you start connecting the dots and you start explaining certain things to these young kids, I mean, they, they start to start thinking, you know what I mean? And I don't think um, America's propaganda in regards to what's going on is working like it has in the past. But well, I don't know. Well, but that, no, well, man. that you know that that it, it can't because of the mass varieties of, of of information that can come your way through the internet, yeah. through all the social media, all kinds of different stuff that can come your way. And but of course, it is incumbent upon you to sift through that. What do you think is real? What do you think is usable? What do you think is tangible? You know, and then all the other shit you you kick and to evil the curb. Is evil. Yeah. 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 I mean, what what's being done to the Palestinian people oh, is evil. It's the evil. Sickness, it the is. sickness is 
when you have Negroes scared to talk about it and then try to defend it and not be able to criticize it and critique it for what it is, that's a painful thing. Well, that's because because they're aligned with the church. And, of course, once again, the Christian church is in support of Israel. The whole idea, and there are many pastors, particularly right-wing and evangelicals, because why? They believe the support of Israel will bring on the Armageddon, which will bring on the rapture. So they ask can be raptured up into heaven. You know. <laughs> you laughing, but that's it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know I, I know I know I'm laughing I know too what you're though, Jay. Is true, I'm, but I'm, too. I'm just I'm just trying to think your five could preach the word yeah. and let the word yeah. speak for itself. Will God let me into the kingdom as I go along with watching my brothers and my sisters get murdered? Wow. Oh, Jesus, help me decide what is right and what. Come on. You know yeah. these. Well, see, that's the, that, I, think, I think that's the I think that's the real issue and the real problem. I, my contention hey, is hey. if it is not African, and, and the root of it is not African, then yeah. it ain't about. It's just like I saw a meme that talked about the name of Africa. Is Al Kabalon is not African. The word right. Al Kabalon is not. Af- so then, how could that be the name of the continent? No, Afrique. It is Africa. Africa is the name of the continent. Dr. Clark said it. Renoko said it. That's these, right. These scholars, That's right. these are our scholars, and if they say it, I'm going along with that. You know? Yeah. I mean, the Instead bottom of line some is, pork yeah. preacher. Yeah. The bottom oh, line you is. You know. What's that? You know Irv is, Irv is on the floor dying. You know that, right? <laughs> you know Irv is like, I can't believe it. But let me leave you with this Irv. The word is the word, and as a bootleg preacher, I'm going to do what's right by my people, and I'm going to lead them into white hell. Woo! The word is the word, brother. <laughs> yeah, All so right. let me let you go. All right, Jay. Take Talk care, man. Later, Have a my good, brother. blessed day, brother. Peace. Jay is too much. 215-490-9832, 215-490-9832. You know, as I mentioned in the presentation this morning on the Berlin Conference, how close that the, the, the Christian church, whether, Catholic, whether Catholicism or Protestantism, was uh, instrumental, very, in the colonization and the enslavement of African people, I I cannot, I cannot deal with the Christian church as being a tool for African liberation. I know there was liberation theology developed, uh, you know, the argument about Nat Turner, he looked at the Bible and he saw us in it, and I know many brothers and sisters in the liberation theology, we see ourselves in that. These are stories. You can see yourself in, you know, in other uh, uh, books that you can see yourself in and say, that's, yeah, that's us. And I see that, and I, and I go along with that, and, I, and, and, and the characters in it, I gain strength from that, encourage from that. 
if that's the case, and so be it. But the bottom line is, this is those things are not African, and they do not and will not liberate Africans. They have no uh, quality in terms of opening the hearts and minds of Africans to be independent, to be liberated, to be self-determining, to be sovereign. And that is the bottom line. They don't speak to Pan-Africanism. They don't speak to African unity. They don't. When you look at countries that heavy Christian, the people are not unified. They're not doing any better. In fact, they're doing worse. Let me take a call at 404-404-697. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Hey, hey, Pan-Africanism or Paris. That's right. Unify or die. That's right. Yeah, I'm enjoying um, your program. Um, I agree with the last caller on something um, about uh, the United States and how, um, you know, African people here, they're rising up and seeing it even more clear just with this ongoing assault right now where they're massacring all the people in uh, Palestine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. In Gaza. Yeah. Right. I mm-hmm. mean, so they're 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 mass and the so-called well, the president of the right. United States, he's just an abomination. And uh, and you know, I'm hearing and reading about how they you, they just you know, they are just appalled with his behavior because he's like um, saying you know like he's in bed with Netanyahu. Well, well, and well, he but is. He, he but but see, but sister Abia, but sister Abia, you got to understand. The policy of the United States has a quote Christian nation, even though they don't say that because they're supposed to be as a what as a so-called Christian nation, although they don't say that, and it is not. But by the same token, the predominance of the theology here in this country is that, and and that supports Israel. And so the United States, when it was set up in 1948, in the, through the UN. United States and Europe, particularly the Belfort Declaration coming out of England, helped set up uh, uh, the European Jews in Palestine. And right. since that right. time, and since that time, they've been going after more and more land, more and more land. And I think, my sister, that they set this up. They set this yeah, up. Yeah, I think they set it up too because, mm-hmm. like, they they said that they had. Notification. They notified Benyahu and the group uh, all the details of what Hamas had, how they were going to attack, and they attacked, and they gave them the information, and then Hamas just uh, so-called uh, doesn't, you know, address it or act on it, and then they came and got slaughtered, I mean, and then it took them hours to come back to try to so-called save the people. So it it it, 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 seems, it seems really apparent that it was a setup for that to go along with this, but. What I was saying was like, um, so with Biden, they see, I mean, the world is seeing all these, I guess it's up to 20,000 people, so-called 40 to 60 percent children, and they're seeing it, and people are going up in arms in uh, the United, so Biden goes and, uh, you know, says he's against this, and he doesn't want to see people getting killed, he doesn't like what Netanyahu's doing, yet and still, 
he sends over, he bypasses the Congress and sends over ammunition for them to kill and slaughter. Well, you know, that's, and so, well, uh, you know, I look at it like this, and excuse the expression, my sister. Israel is a pimp. And America, pimp. <laughs> Israel, yeah, the United States is going to pimp, yeah. Right, and America <laughs> is its hoe. And that has they, been the know, That's just, I know, that's just yeah. how I see it. When right. you look at that exactly. analogy, when you look at how that has gone over since the creation of, uh, uh, and the taking of Palestine by European Jews, that has been the situation. That has been the situation. And, and, and yes, there might have been a couple of times uh, that the hoe jumped in the pimp's ass <laughs> about something. But basically, the you know, they have allowed the pimp to get away with and to do whatever they want to do in the name of you their know, security. And the world needs to keep, I mean, different parts of the world are, 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 are at least protesting and whatever. I mean, because they have the U.N. and then they have, I think they're having some other vote today again. So they have condemned what's going on and have called for a ceasefire. Because they got a humanitarian crisis. I mean, these people, I mean, it's, it's a humanitarian, I mean, people getting killed, the whole place, slaughtered, no food, no water, and et cetera. And you would think, and Biden's supposed to be so, talking about he's so, you know, uh, empathetic to people. But anyway, the whole world condemned it. And so how, what a contradiction. So the U.S. is the only one that vetoes it, and so they just continue on with the war? Well, no, it's the, it's Europe, it's Europe, it's white folks. You know, the whole world can't condemn it. You know, I mean, lots of the world but, did. Lots, I mean, well, a lot of the no, Arab countries, Egypt, a lot of countries in, well, in yes, Europe. But, but, but understand what I'm saying. But understand what I'm saying. You huh? don't hear, most of the world might have condemned it, but what you don't hear is those Western countries. The Western countries, yeah, Canada, Canada, United States. No, they support They support Israel. They support yeah, but, Israel. But when they call for the ceasefire, I heard that, uh, that the United States was the only one that, uh, mm-hmm. that they vetoed it. They yeah. were against it and all yeah. the other. All, you know, it, it, was a, it was still a significant amount of people okay. that and, condemned what and, the United States Right. And I'm not going to debate or argue that point because I think that that is irrelevant. You know, even I though think it's relevant. It. I think it's relevant that that you know you you being called out to stop uh, uh, this massacre, I, right? And you up here lying and being a hypocrite, and then you uh, about how you care about them, but you, then you go send bombs for them. No, you, know? you, you, you you you're right you, in that you sense. Huh? No, you are right in that. You are right. You're right in that sense. Yeah, but the so point I, being, right. Uh huh. Right. But the but the point being, those who are in control, that's why I believe. What may ultimately happen is that mm-hmm. some countries would, will agree to take the Palestinians in because the United Snakes and, and Israel uh, and other countries are willing to give that country that takes them in money. I mean, like it's slavery. Like, they're so damn arrogant. Like, they're supposed to give these people something. You know, it's just more slavery. Exploitation, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what's going to happen because no self determination. These people, no. you know, they have a right, and that's what they want—the self determination. Israel up there, you know, controlling everything. How you know all the atrocities that they were inflicting? 
and it's you know it's a it's, it's very analogous to this how well one, know, one, Bob, one of the, the things Bob that i seen like sister one of the things that i seen huh? sister was uh uh in a couple of the community and and on facebook you have a israeli a israeli beaten down in palestinian and then he looks and he sees in the mirror when a Nazi was beaten down, All right, a right. European they, Jew, and they're looking at that. Yeah, it is because that's, that's, that's exactly what they are. They work. exactly they're just, they're just as bad, just as worse. Exactly, you know. Yeah. So, so yeah, but I mean, uh, for for me, uh, none of these people. They have no righteousness. They have no integrity. They have no honor. They're just evil. They're evil. Very evil. Yeah. <laughs> and what right. is happening is evil. And I know my friend Jay kind of choked up uh, a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago, when he was talking about the grandfather who was holding his dead grandchild and, and what has yeah, been done. Yeah. And I feel with that. Our people need to calm though. Yeah. I mean, I'm choked up over that. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, yeah, I'm choked up about all the Africans that that Chicago, yeah, still today that are suffering. That are suffering. And 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 I'm let me tell you what I'm really upset about is the fact that here we are living on a continent with the world's resources and we are poor. That we have places where there's no running water. Nothing's paid. You mean right here in the United States? No, I'm talking about on the continent. I ain't talking about United oh, States. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, because they got I'm that over here, I'm talking about the too. continent. We, we got people laying on the streets, too. Well, yeah. listen, listen. You you are designated as a permanent underclass. You are designated, and this is a capitalistic society. And in order for mm-hmm. capitalism to work, there's got to be poor people. You can't, everybody can't have. A lot of people cannot have. For me to be a billionaire, for me to be a millionaire, for me to have all this wealth and buildings and so forth, a lot of people can't have a damn thing. And 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 the majority Absolutely. of the people who ain't gotten up, it's just like when I was in L.A. Well, I didn't go to death, death row. I didn't go to Skid Row the last time I was there. I wasn't there that long. you know. But one time that I did, and the majority of the people, even though Latinos are a predominant, in, in particularly in Southern California, particularly in Los Angeles, the majority of the people on Skid Row are black. They're us. They're American Africans. Because why? The face of poor and destitute in this country is our face. The face of welfare, even though there's more Caucasian, but still, the face of that is us. You see? Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, all right, my brother. Well, yeah, sister, I'll, I'll be seeing. I'll be. I'll. I'll be seeing you soon, somewhere on the Kwanzaa uh, uh, program. <laughs> oh yeah, I'll, I'll be looking forward to that. All right, sister, and, I'll be. Uh, you know, and I, you know, it's really good that you know we have programs such as yourself where people can get, um, you know, the real truth. And, uh, That's about, right. I agree. All the propaganda. I agree. Because if you, some of this propaganda that I've seen, they 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 
they they have the audacity to bring like uh, some of the uh, uh, Israel uh, officers. How they just are just trying to just um, you know justify all the killings yeah. and the murders yeah. and all the atrocities they commit. Right. And then they have the people interviewing them just going along with it and then right. stand up against them. You know. I, I but, agree. Right. Maybe the sign. And, I agree, my sister. Joe Reed is getting a little bit better, but it's good to just you know just you know be be able to stand up with the rock too. All right, my sister. And, you know, okay. All right. Peace to you. A BB for Hardier. All right. Uh, Brother Lusk. Hey, Ted, how you doing? Hey, hey, Brother Lusk. I was, uh, uh, as you were mentioning his name, I was uh, talking about uh, Dr. Bruce Bridges. I thought I'd try to give him a call to see if we could chime in. Oh, man. Did you you give him a call? He didn't answer. Oh, man. I gave him a call, but he didn't answer. Okay, okay, yeah. So since you were mentioning his book, it's exactly. Book I have it myself. Exactly. As well. Yeah. So, uh, but I was kind of in and out now. But I, I tell you, I know you're you're a busy man. That, <laughs> yeah, but other than that, though, um, uh, since you had mentioned about the Berlin Conference, I'm sure that uh, conversation about uh, the Balfour Conference or the Balfour uh, Declaration, yeah, uh, with Israel and Palestine, also came up about yeah. that as well. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna do something about that. To talk on that too, because. Number one, we need to know and not be afraid. You know, the, yes. the, the, the European Jews have many people afraid to say what the truth is and then label you anti-Semitic. They're not Semitic people. So there's so we got to do a program where we just bring out the truth and the hell with yes. it. So, all right, dear brother, you take Until care. Until next, next time. Peace. Peace. We end this program like we end all of our programs with the words of Stephen Biko. The most potent weapon in the hands of the oppressor is the minds of the oppressed. This program is dedicated and committed to helping to free the African mind. But not just the M-I-N-D, but the M-I-N-E, because under the feet of African people lies all of the resources that everybody wants, think they can't do it out, and they sure in hell don't want to pay for it. Brothers and sisters, you have a blessed and wonderful day. Shem Hotep, that means go in peace. Isante Sana means thank you. Bibi Vahodier. Bibi Vahodier means our victorious destiny. Brothers and sisters, we will be victorious. Peace, family. Hey, oh. Yo. I think I'm going to have to.